You're listening to Mix 104.9's 360. Now, the third round of tourism vouchers went live last night. Well, did you attempt to get your hands on a voucher? If you did, give us a call, 8941 1049, and let us know how things went. But joining me on the line right now is the Tourism Minister. She's also the Health Minister, Natasha Files. Good morning. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, listeners. Minister, how did the redemption of those vouchers go last night or the, or the registering of those vouchers last night? So Territorians were certainly ready, Katie. Um, we saw 10,000 people register for round three of the vouchers in 3.44 minutes. So people had clearly thought ahead uh, about what they'd like to do uh, and were ready. And as soon as they went live at 8 o'clock last night, they jumped online. But um, people can still jump on and join the wait list. Uh, I know some people I was talking to forgot and at about 10 past 8 um, they jumped online and of course we're disappointed that the vouchers were allocated at that point but the last um, round we had uh, thousands of people on the wait list and we were able to to clear that wait list. Um, It's part of the process of getting these vouchers out. So tourism and hospitality have been devastated by COVID, we all know that Uh, and this is the NT government's way of supporting this sector. So 10,000 vouchers in 3.44 minutes, how many people are already on the wait waiting list. Yeah, so really important question, Katie. So by six o'clock this morning, more than 33,000 people had signed up. So 10,000 people have been allocated a voucher and they should start to receive the emails with their voucher. Uh, Some people have already received those. Others will receive them in the next uh, couple of days. They then have 14 days to to book their experience and utilise their voucher. And it just depends. They might not use the full $200 allocation because it's it's 50% of your money and 50% of the government's. So as soon as they've made that booking and there's some extra, it'll go back in or they may not use their voucher and so the whole amount will go back in and we'll start to allocate vouchers for people over the wait list. How does so that compare... Even though there's an awful lot, yep. we're, we're hopeful that they'll all get a voucher. How does that compare to previous rounds, i.e., you know, last time round, how many people were on the wait list and did end up being able to redeem a voucher? Yeah, Katie, that's a really important question. So we've had two rounds of the vouchers and we've seen over 44,000 vouchers received, uh, redeemed, sorry, um, which has generated more than $17 million into this industry. So um, we'll have the final results on round two in the coming weeks, but certainly there's been many thousands of vouchers, tens of thousands delivered uh, with the previous rounds and we're confident, um, even for those people who might be a little disappointed this morning that they're on the wait list, we're fairly confident they will receive a voucher. These vouchers go through until the 30th of April and so this is really supporting this sector until we see that dry season and and hopefully this year we'll see a dry season which is a little more regular not impacted by COVID as we saw last year. Do we need to try and do things differently if indeed there is another round of vouchers so that we sort of spread the love to a few more Territorians? Katie, I'm confident that the, the system we've got in place is, is working and it is right to support this sector uh, in the sense that we did see many thousands of people waitlisted previously and they'd sort of given up that they might not get a voucher and then they did receive those vouchers and were able to utilise them through January. So even though people are on the waitlist, we have to assume that people getting a voucher are going to spend the full $200 and many people don't because they might book an experience that's $300. So 150 comes from their voucher and then the 50 remaining goes back into the pool. So we're fairly confident that we have the system right. And this is something that's been welcomed by tourism and hospitality, particularly, as I said, last dry season, they didn't experience the international tourists any at all and certainly domestic tourists were impacted by the COVID hotspot restrictions that we saw. So it's really supporting this sector through the, the, the wet season period. Is there going to be another round? 
Uh, so this is the, the final round that we've announced to date, but I'll continue, particularly as the Minister for Tourism, working with the sector around what we can do to support them. We know that... Um, we're hoping that the dry season this year will be more regular with the domestic market, but we don't expect international tourists. And we know particularly for Central Australia, international tourists make up a large part of their um, industry and the visitors and guests that come in. You touched on the impact that COVID's had on our on our tourism sector. There's no doubt it's been massive. Uh, that hasn't stopped the, uh, well, the government from announcing some changes to park fees. We spoke to the Minister, Selena Rubo, yesterday, who explained the rise in fees at parks. Now we still don't know just how high those fees are going to go up but we have spoken to the tourism sector who, like you've said, have been hit very hard by COVID and they say they weren't consulted on this fee increase. Why haven't they been? So Katie, I certainly as a Minister for Tourism apologise to the sector if they were taken by surprise with this announcement and uh, I certainly will work with them over the coming months. We have 85 parks across the Territory and reserves and protected areas that the NT Government manages and we haven't seen um, fees increase for the past 20 years. So we're looking at the, the future arrangements, um, particularly around interstate visitors. We want to make sure that Territorians can still access their favourite places such as Litchfield and Nipmaluk uh, for free and we've certainly, the Government's committed to that. So we will be consulting with um, not only tourism operators but traditional owners and other stakeholders around um, these fees and a new online booking system which is really part of what's driving this so that we can see Territorians getting the certainty and the access to their favourite spots that they have um, been wanting. Um, Taking into account you know the fact that we know tourism the tourism sector has been hit and we know that they've now said that they really weren't consulted in this space they did tell me last week that some bookings are made 18 months in advance so obviously this fee increase is going to have an impact on people who've already booked holidays to the Northern Territory. Is that a concern for you? So for us, what, we're, what we want to do is we want to improve the visitor experiences to our parks and reserves and we need to make sure that they're appropriately protected you know, for future generations to visit. But certainly that feedback is something that I'll be taking to my Cabinet colleague, the Minister responsible for Parks and Wildlife, um, to explain in any rollout we do need to take on board those types of considerations. So we want to have a new online booking system, particularly for camping and multi-day walking trails. That's feedback I get from locals is that they're really disappointed. They can't go to their favourite camping spots during the dry season because they're, they're, they're taken over by other people um, and they don't want to risk driving a long way and not being able to set up camp. So yep. we're trying to make it that people can enjoy the parks and the attractions um, and certainly making sure that locals um, feel that they're a part of that. And I think everybody agrees with that. I guess the thing that I feel worried about for the sector is they've already gone through such a horrendous year. I think, you know, if we're able to push this fee increase back slightly so that this doesn't impact them more, maybe that's the path to go down. Katie certainly will take that feedback on board. There was no changes planned for 2021 and as you've just indicated there are factors for the tourism industry that they take bookings a long time in advance. We've got many people that have deferred bookings because of COVID um, and tourism operators in trying to attract bookings into the Territory have been extremely flexible with their cancellation and their, their policies around delaying visits. So I'll take all that on board to the Minister for Parks and Wildlife and advocate strongly for the industry. Alright Minister, I know that you're pressed for time this morning as are we so I want to just power through a couple more things before we wrap up. Um, firstly, I do want to ask you, windows on the wetlands. Uh, the minister said yesterday, Selena Rubo said yesterday, uh, that it's a temporary closure. Should this reopen? 
Windows on the wetland, Katie, it's something that I remember visiting as a child and certainly have, you know, some wonderful memories from out there, but I haven't been there in many, many years. So um, the minister, if she's indicated it's a temporary closure, I know that there has been investment on that site uh, and they're looking at how they can work with a private contractor to uh, reinvigorate that so that locals, um, you know, I've driven to Kakadu a few times recently and I haven't stopped in there. So how can we get people to, to stop in there and enjoy that experience? So certainly look forward to working with her considering that the tourism industry, um, you know, rely on that facility. Yeah, and does the tour- what's the feedback been from the industry on this closure? Uh, Katie, the tourism sector, I think, were taken a little by surprise by the announcement just before Christmas, but um, there's some that, that haven't visited that site, but there are others that it does impact on their operations, so mm. they would like to see it remain open. All right, well, it sounds as though that is still a, an issue which is on the backburn. Um, let's move along and talk about hotspots. We know that WA or Perth, the metro area, along with a couple of other surrounding areas, has been declared a hotspot. How many Territorians are currently in self-quarantine? due to that Perth lockdown. So Katie, I'm advised that there's around 2,000 Territorians that have been directed into self-quarantine. So those people need to um, isolate, get tested and they must remain in that isolation until they get um, their test results back and hopefully that's a negative test result. If it's a positive, um, our public health officials will work with them around what needs to be undertaken. But 2,000 Territorians. Okay. Um, Minister, yesterday we received a call from uh, from somebody who is out near the wharf. I'm not sure if he works out there or, or whether he's out there... Um, you know, what exactly he does out there. But he says that he's continually seeing people um, just walking off boats that are coming into the wharf. Um, They're wearing masks. He's very worried that they're not going through the same processes that we expect those that, you know, are getting off planes or crossing the borders, that they're not going through those same processes. What is the situation if somebody arrives on a boat? So, Katie, crew members can't simply walk off. We've got the Chief Health Officer Direction 51 around Maritime Crew and it sets out strict quarantine requirements for all vessels arriving into the Northern Territory. Katie, this was something we really focused our attention on way back in February uh, last year because we, um, at that point, were very much of the belief that the virus took 14 days um, to incubate and we knew that we were closer than 14 days sailing time at that point from China. So we worked with um, the officials down there at the wharfs and we have got um, a contract with a private health provider who undertakes screening of these commercial vessels and so this has been um, going on for many months now. They um, don full PPE um, and they go on board and they go through a screening process using a questionnaire and a temperature check in line with national protocols. So uh, we've seen that system um, work when we had the Diamantina and we had a a positive case and then subsequent cases. Uh, So if any uh, members of the, the community have any concerns, they should phone them through to the COVID hotline um, or 131444, the, the police um, number, because there are strict protocols. There's a Chief Health, Health Officer direction around this. All right, Minister, we better leave it there. We're pressed for time. You're pressed for time. I really appreciate you having a chat with us today. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. You're listening to Mix 104.9's 360. If you'd like to call through this morning, 8941 1049.